AKC fans, thanks for your patience. Originally going to record this episode on Monday, the 9th. However, the news just came out then regarding Danny Frawley's passing. Um, very sad news. Rest in peace, Spud. However, in true Spud fashion, let's kick on straight with talking footy. Recapping the first final for Geelong against Collingwood. Jake, all with me here. Down by 10 points. The Cats have a great history post-buys, continuing this fashion. Jake, I'm passing the, the baton on to you here. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I just thought something might be different this year come finals. And I really, really hoped that something would be different. But we lost in the exact same way that we've lost our last 10 or so finals. We just don't show up to start the game and it's done by quarter time and we're chasing that margin for the rest of the game. We said it last week, we said it you know, six weeks ago when we lost to Hawthorne or whatever that was, we'll know by quarter time if we're good enough or if we're out and frankly I'm pretty convinced that our season was done before quarter time. The fact that you give up three, four goals and you only kick one, the fact that you don't have an inside 50 for the first 10 minutes of a final, let alone your first final, is just unforgivable pretty much now at this stage. It's just unfathomable how that can happen to a team who's finished top on the ladder and went into the game knowing that an outcome like this would be worst nightmare situation and the thought of going out in straight sets next week against the reigning Premier would pretty much complete and confirm that nightmare. And right now, it's not looking good. Uh, not just for, you know, this year's finals, but for the, the coming years. Like, what players are going to stay? What players are going to go? What coaching staff's going to stay and go? That's another big talking point. And the whole of Geelong has been, you know, buzzing this week with, with rumours and questions, basically, at um, what was another very poor and just frustrating finals performance. Oh, yeah. before we get into maybe talking about some selection issues before the game, your take on what was a, an abysmal first half of footy in the Cats display against the Pies before the the fight back in the second half? Mm. Um, more or less, you could say that the fight back was papering over the cracks. Um, I think that's uh, pretty unanimous. Um, and uh, there's definitely um, there's definitely been more questions asked uh, post-game um, with limited answers given. So there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of people wanting answers um, for what... For what has happened for some of the selection um, decisions um, or, or lack thereof and um, some of the, uh, the the planning and given that it's a few of the issues have uh, have been recurring issues as we've already noted um, Now, now this year, as in previous years, 
it's the same story more or less happening again um, everyone already knows it and I think within a couple of days people were already moving on um, mentally to the prospect of playing West Coast and the faster we move on from the Collingwood game the faster the dust settles you know the faster there's the wash up and we move on the, the better um, there's a few things to discuss though in regards to the players that will probably be unavailable for the coming game and we'll get to those in a moment yeah so first off let's get straight to the big issue in this match that, which everyone will be talking about post-match and that was the laid out Reese Stanley gets taken out of the ruck puts arves thrown into the ruck no recognised fullback that has been... Blitzarves has played ruck this season. Sometimes it, it worked against Adelaide. Other times it hasn't. Um, up against Brodie Grundy, who played in round one. Reece Stanley played in round one. And did a really, really good job on Brodie Grundy. I thought, and I think most people thought, that there was going to be a bit more rain on Friday... So the thinking in the coaching department was that it would rain quite a bit <laughs> and that would play into the Cats' hands. The small forwards of Collingwood, they'd be mitigated by the likes of Jed Buse, Jack Henry, Zach Tui down back, um, our small defenders. The late change, Jake, bring Manigola in for Reece Stanley. Yeah, it's look, I was walking to the game at this stage and... Me and my mates had actually just considered looking up the rain radar ourselves because we knew that late change was about to happen. And we were talking in the car about, you know, there'd already been whispers about Reece Stanley coming out for Menegol. I think Jay Clark had said something on the on the Friday or the Thursday. The Thursday, yeah. yeah. the Thursday. I didn't um, believe it when I saw no, it. No, I thought, like, there's no that. way. Um, and as we we'd looked at the radar, we saw that, the you know, there was no rain coming. All the rain had passed. And as we were looking at that the, the tweet popped up that it, the change had been made and we instantly just you know our shoulders slumped and we just thought like geez this is it's a big call this to make. is a big call and e- even even with the rain like stanley's no slouch like he's not he's not just a, a round a ball that doesn't do anything he's pretty mm. agile mm. he's not i wouldn't he's not a ruckman he's just a, a tall athletic player that can play in the ruck mm. and um we, we might delve into it deeper a bit later, but it just threw the rest of the team out. Some of the structures. Yeah, were, the, were... the structure just like yeah, St- like Stanley. No, do you know we're going to get into it now because this is, we can't we it's, can't it's, it's, we can't the biggest issue on Stanley being out versus Brody Grundy is big enough of an issue because Blitzars was getting slammed by him, but then you've got secondly. Blitzarves, your best fullback, out of defence. The rest of your defenders are now subconsciously, they know that Blitzarves isn't there and they were just making mistakes from the get-go. You know, Kolodashny trying to over, outmark Taylor, you know, and then in yeah, that Ka- same contest, first quarter was in that horrific. contest, Jack Henry leaves Jaden Stevenson down. He goes to punch or affect the contest somehow because subconsciously he thinks that Blitzarves isn't there. 
And he, they're all thinking... He has to be the one that... They're all that thinking the that they have to do more because Blitzhaus isn't there. And Stevenson's just waiting in the goal square for the crumb. And then Taylor runs into Tui and knocks each other over. And then Stevenson again gets the ball. And it's just all this stuff that Blitzhaus there, he organises the whole back line. And if you don't have... Uh... If you don't have Blitzarves in his in his preferred position of of the back line, uh, you have Sav having to play the second ruck role. So you take Sav out of his ideal position of a key forward, which means then Hawkins is left two or three on one. Two or three on one, which as, is the which is the usual, third domino the- to fall, and and so it, it it you know people just think it might just be Stanley isn't against. Grundy, but it just had such a big flow and effect, and and also you know the fourth domino to fall, the midfield, which struggling so hard to get, it, it didn't feel like we got first first possession of the ball the whole night, so they're struggling to just get the ball, let alone deliver cleanly inside fifty. It just didn't work. It threw the whole team off. Mm. It, yeah. It's just crazy to think, and like Blitzarves did did his best, but Grundy was just licking his lips at every contest. I thought Sav did better in the ruck than Blitzarves because at least Sav's got a bit of jump and some height about him as well. Mm. Um, and Sav wasn't good by any means, but he had a crack and mm. there was some ground ball gets that he got late in the game that, um, you know, were good. But mm. like we were gone from quarter time. Mm. And there's a separate, there's a separate sure. issue of, you know, the Stanley snowball effect yeah. and the players just mentally didn't turn up. Yeah, and there's also and there's also the uh, the the fact of those uh, you know the three injuries within the five first five minutes. They all sort of intertwined rattled, and would've, just would have rattled the boys Jed, a little. Jed Buys before the match, Dalhouse just as soon as the match starts, and then Mitch Duncan picks up an injury during the match. So yeah, wasn't ideal. I see that this change has resulting into three actual issues. Yeah. there's the one on one issue. Yeah, one v one, which is. Stanley versus Grundy yep. or Blitzars versus Grundy. Now, whoever plays on Grundy, Grundy's going to win the hitouts. Yep. He's the best Ruckman in the competition, no doubt. Registers around 45 hitouts, I think, against the Cats. Yep. If Stanley plays, I think Grundy does relatively similar. He's going to get over 35, around 40. So for me, Sav and Blitz actually didn't do it that bad a job against Grunny in the ruck in, t- in terms of mitigating Grunny's influence we didn't do that badly mm. now that's one issue is the Grundy issue who plays on Grundy or the ruck issue separate to that is the fullback issue mm-hmm. so yes you've taken an all Australian fullback out of the back line who's and played 18 games down there all year correct however this is up against a team that didn't have Reid on the ground, that didn't have the big American on the ground. So there's not one piece of tall timber aside from if you want to put Brody Majacek into that category. Who is their tallest forward? Who's who's six, I think he's Gary Rowan's mm. size, and mm. Gary Rowan's labelled a small forward, six foot three. Mm. So yes, he's more mobile. Yes, he can take a fantastic mark. He's more quick. Being the devil's advocate here, you put Mark Blitzarves at fullback for that match up against Jamie Elliott, up against Majacek, up against the fleet that they have, knowing that Dugowie was actually injured, so Mm. he may have marked on Mm. Dugowie. With the lack of acceleration, 
Blitzarfs has. Yes, of course, he can run 15Ks, 16Ks, no problem, every single week. He's our best runner. But He's as we've seen in the, the first mark. quarter, still Sidebottom was left out the back. Yeah. Jaden Stevenson left out the back. Yeah. And we were playing our paciest team, aside from, yeah, we know Jordan Clark's injured, unfortunately. You insert Mark Blitzarves into that. Who does he play against? So that's the second issue. The third is the men- the mentality. Mm. And so the psychology of having the last month of footy, having Mark Blitzarves and for the large part, Lockie Henderson as well, playing together. Now, obviously, against Collingwood, he can't play two tall defenders along with Harry Taylor. Yeah. So I understand at least, yeah, I understand Hendo's admission for that match. We'll talk about West Coast maybe upcoming. But there is that that psychological element mm. that you raise, Jake, of Blitzarves will be there to... Mm. To sweep things up. And he has, he's been there all year. <laughs> but being the devil's advocate, mm. who would he have played against? Playing at fullback. You, who would he have manned up? But the, that's the thing, that's the thing here of Chris Scott the and the coaching. The courses, that's so. that's why the the issue of, but who's Blitzarves or who's the third tall going to play on is probably what cost them. Because Blitzarves is first picked in the back line for me. And you don't muck around with Blitzarves. Ma- he's just like you just put the him one in. Matthew Scarlet for us. And I, like you just I, put him in the I mean, I can't change. I can't go back in time and change the past. But if Blitzarves plays back, you can almost see him standing behind, you know, Coladashny and Taylor when Coladashny tries to outmark, and Blitzarves is going to be there and try to punch it. Like you know, like his. I don't know what his average is for, you know, one percenters of spoils and knocks and you know potentially stopped goals, but I can guarantee you would have stopped at it's least one goal. Yeah, I can guarantee you would have stopped at least one goal that game. Yeah, and that brings us within you know four points. And this is when you go potential nuff territory. And oh, but Blitzarves, <laughs> you know, stops two goals. And if Hawkins takes that mark at the three minute mark, then you know if he kicks that, then we're yeah, two points up. Then yeah, seconds. you just yeah. argue. You're arguing for things that ought to have happened. But based on based on the stats and the averages, you know, Blitzarves probably stops two goals a game and that's it (laughs) that's it and and as we were uh as you alluded to there were the other moments that had considerable impact you know obviously uh jake college hasn't he yeah obviously yes Mm. yes and um and taylor and uh running into each other yeah um with uh the ease with which Stevenson was able to run away from that contest and deliver the ball to Jamie Elliott. Um, Adam's first goal where yeah. no one went to him and he just had yeah. a 10-metre space to kick And there goal. was also, obviously, our missed opportunities. Yeah. Which, this has been the thing that's um, that you know I've been wanting to get on the soapbox about to a certain degree. The we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about a four-goal head start had Hawkins and... Rowan um, converted their chances. Um, You you know, it might might have been three goals to two Mm -hmm. or four goals to three, you know. Um, Even if it was just the one, even if it was still four goals to, it would have been better than what was, especially Rowan's. Yeah, that was a... That was a... And yeah, Hawkins had one touch on the line as well, but the other one he missed was just... That's like... Now he's got to, you know... He's got that black cloud hanging over him that from the last be, three weeks yeah. of nothingness. He hasn't had a great last month of Months. footy, Tom Hawkins. So, yeah, 
with Sav playing forward for yeah, a large period now, for months yeah. and months, you'd think that even if he's not kicking goals, Hawk, he needs to get involved further up the field. We need some sort of influence. When was around. the last time we kicked to him on the lead? Yeah, but he wasn't leading as well. Yeah, Darcy like, Moore and is Hale he ever just, able to? No, well, now he, at the he, moment, I didn't. I didn't see that he was trying. The mm. only one I can remember was Atkins kicked to him on a lead in the second quarter and just completely missed the kick because Howe was just standing in his way. Because mm. again, Asava was in the ruck, so there was just. Hawkins had and like Howe just standing in front of him the whole mm. time mm. or more, you know, right next to him as well as, you know, whoever he was on at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we can't we can't expect to just bomb it in. No. Um and expect Hawkins to mark the ball when he's got three guys on him. Yeah. Well the first half of the season was helped because we had Gary Rowan kicking a quick fire nineteen goals within mm. I think it was from memory the first ten rounds. Yeah. So he nearly racked up twenty goals in yeah. the first half of the season and was taking high flyers left, right and centre. Like yeah. like was in the best form of his career. Like I say, for a six foot three player to be called a small forward, <laughs> um, yeah, I could be the fastest player in the AFL, but he he's got a huge leap on him. Didn't happen for him the second half of the season, a few injuries here and there. Still He's a marking target, and he can come up whenever. He's one of those players we I've called him the the, the 89th minute player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, a a damn, but... he's a moments player. Yeah. And I thought, I thought when he took the mark in the goal square and then went back and kicked our first Ugh. goal, and then 30 seconds later takes a mark on the lead, explosive mark on the lead. I'm thinking, here we go. You'll be on that. He's gonna have a set the tone. He's gonna have a good game, or he's gonna be an impact player, and he's gonna you know, provide a couple of moments. He might only do two or three things, but if he does them well, yeah, and I that's think, going to I set think, him up for the rest I of the game. I think that was an important one too. Had he kicked that you've kicked second that, goal in a minute, really the whole team would have got up. He would have he would have got up. The whole team yeah. would have been like, we're, actually, we're in this. We've just kicked two in a minute. You know, that would have been, you know, his job done pretty much. Momentum yeah. is yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. That give, was a give big us one. That, give us that kickstart and just then we're away. But mm. it didn't happen. And I'm pretty yeah. sure after that we let we let a really easy goal through from a mistake straight after that. So you know, mistake yeah. at one end. How many times yeah. do you see how, it how straight down that, the other how end? How many times and, does that happen exactly? Yeah, mm. that would have been huge. Jakey yeah. raised before we started yes. recording this is the first game this season where we've won contested possessions yeah. against the opposition 157 to 136 highs, and yet lost the game. And yet lost the game. Yeah. Yep. So and, over, over 20. Extra contested disposals, won the clearance count as well, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, when you talk about Brody Grundy, however, when you look at the midfield display, all right, let's get into the conversation. Let's switch a bit here. Yeah, Chris Scott comments, the Stanley comments, and the Dangerfield comments. So, just for <laughs> listeners' background, um, it was identified by Reese that he would be dropped. 48 hours approximately before the Collingwood match. The Thursday. Chris Scott's comments to the effect of um, it didn't have a huge impact in terms of... Um, no, it was was already it was already made on yeah. the Thursday. Yeah. But, and Dangerfield 
basically backed that backed up. Backing up, up that it wasn't that ruck decision. Yeah, it wasn't the ruck decision that made our downfall. It was the midfield. Yeah. So Danger, who is probably one of our best on ground, I'd put. Yeah. And we unanimous with our three players. Yep. That we raised. It was Dangerfield, Tom Stewart, and Jack Henry for me. Jack Henry actually had really good. one of the best games he's of, the year. <laughs> of the year. Yeah. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but for Danger, who was the standout midfield player with 32 disposals, to be saying the midfield was poor and is interesting. There's also a fourth comment here, mm. and that comes from the coach's box. Oh yeah, this Which was is, very uh, spicy. Scarlo, uh, I believe, and I could yeah, I could yeah. I could see the media like you could see Bruce McAvaney like yeah. with his like little stick on the fire like smoking <laughs> it up like yeah. Scarlo basically said. Mm. I'd much rather, you know, play in front of 90,000 people than 30,000, which is a di- direct, you know, correlation so, against what Chris Scott was saying. From day one, Chris Scott, Geelong, Brian Cook. Yeah, everyone, the whole everyone, club. Everyone, Simon Lloyd, the whole club. Geelong Football Club have been on ball that we want 11 home matches out of 22 at Kidney Park. On top of that, our home matches come finals should be played at Kenya Park. Mm-hmm. You've got an assistant manager, a very highly assistant manager, yeah. in Matthew Scarlett, yeah. with one or two or a few premierships under his yeah. bag and maybe the greatest <laughs> yeah. uh, fullback of the 21st century, <laughs> coming out and... Uh, look, Scarlett tells it how, it is. how he sees it. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever seen a Matthew Scarlett press conference or an interview... <sighs> He's quite blunt in his responses um, to the point where he almost seems sometimes to be rude um, and rude. Yeah, intimidating, a little bit rude a little or intimidating. Bit, yeah, but like not not necessarily deliberately. But just... he, he's just genuinely honest. Yeah. Um, so his words were, yeah. He doesn't I, mince I, words. He just tells it how it is. Yeah. His words were, personally, or in my opinion... I'd rather play in front of 90,000 people. If I was a player, I'd rather play. rather play in front of 90,000 people instead of 30,000 people. So I'd rather play at the MCG. He's a big stage. Now, this is tight. Chris Scott, the club, every single figurehead from Geelong Football Club has backed in this and fought against the AFL for home finals down at Kidney Park mm-hmm. for 11 home games at Kenny mm. Park mm. and Scarlo's comments come maybe and this is for some journalists an opportunistic time maybe following a, a loss at the MCG week kind of, one in to, finals to kind of suggest that there's a a fracture in the coach's box or something you know something and, and the, the diatribe from you know the public the fans after that comment was made was like yes, like this is the truth coming out. Like, you know, this is what the club really wants and like get rid of Scott and, you know, there's fractures and, you know, Selwood's not happy and Scarlett's not happy. He wants this. And there seemed to be a lot of positive reinforcement for that view mm. and a lot of, you know, classic, you know, make Scarlett coach. And <laughs> a lot of people so- yeah. definitely sided with uh, that sort of viewpoint and felt like that's what sort of needed a bit of like a blunt, harsh, realistic look. Um, and style of coaching is, yeah. is what we'd need. But... Do you, yeah, I mean, because if, if we ever want to be 
a, you know, a, a genuine contender again. We're going to have to get used to playing in front of 90,000 yes. on big games. Yeah. Um, As it stands currently in, in the AFL's policy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's... And, and I mean, we, we just... Uh, you know, we're not going to get any favours necessarily from the AFL. So these are the cards we get dealt at the moment. You know, ideally, we, we in a perfect world, we'd fight for it and get home finals when we, or when we would want them, or where we would want them. We'd get that that uh, that choice to either um, play them at the MCG or at yeah. KP. But um, we, we've talked home finals. Yeah, we've talked home finals weeks, for the last few so. weeks. Um, I think we said last week anyway that um, the best way to you know, make sure that that happens is just win. And so they can't say no. Imagine if we won. Imagine. Imagine. Just imagine that we won the flag and they they couldn't say no and we'd set our own terms. We'd be the, the top dog. But I think, you know, you know, we just we just lose. We just lose finals. We've got yeah. no credibility. We've got no finals credibility. Not at the moment. We've got no sure. coins in the bank. And that's where the the one-sentence phrases can be used... 10 to 3 or no plan B or those kind of remarks. And it's all relating to finals, what has come since 2011 to now 2019, what has been a long stint in Chris Scott's reign at the, mm. at the top. Um, take me a step back. I would, don't want to get into talking West Coast yet. No. I'm not quite done with this. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Dangerfield raising midfield as his main issue in this match so danger with 32 disposals tk followed by that with 28 for the cats didn't have a great influence for me yet 28 a, a high number. number but in terms of the actual output he mm. produced wasn't a, a lot a lot of quality. numbers were stacked up in the second half too when collingwood had lost two players by that stage and yeah and we definitely played better probably in the in the last two and a half quarters. Yeah, we were the better team after half time. Collingwood only kicked two goals two after half time, but that proved to be enough. Enough. And they were a costly two goals too. So mm. it was sorry to keep bashing Coladashny, but he he dropped a mark and that led to the the um Scott Pendlebury goal. Yeah, that, that was a and that yep. was a pivotal moment. Yep. And then there was a I wouldn't say a well, it was an advantage call to steal bottom. Mm. Steel bottom, suicide <laughs> bottom. <laughs> Everyone had stood still, and he was, you know, admittedly smart enough to see that the gap in play was there, and he played yeah. on and kicked that goal. Which Probably and he was fan- he was fantastic. Yeah. Like you couldn't fault him. Even that last bit of play where he got it on the the wing and just held it up, held it up for 30, 40 seconds, hit a target, and then there's two minutes gone off player. the clock. Yeah, like, it was fantastic. And yeah. that's that's when it was uh, where when he when. When he kicked that goal, that's that was their last score. Yeah, and I think we kicked three goals after that, but it just it wasn't enough. And this is where it's strange we, to say we that were we, we were you know we were pushing hard, but we ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. It's strange to say that we won contested possessions, mm. yet their individual midfielders, smashed their it. output smashed us. Side bottom, best on ground. I think that's pretty clear. Taylor Adams, one of the Adams just killed it. Fantastic with 26 disposals, a couple of goals there as well. Trelaw was fantastic. Phillips, Pendles, as always, Pendlebury's, he was immense. And it was a milestone game for him as well. 
Yeah, Rupert Wills. I honestly, like, not to be disrespectful, but I I knew the name Rupert Wills, but I saw this like shaggy. Didn't know much of him. He looked like the like yet. the dark side Cam Guthrie. Just like who's that? I had to look it up, and he'd had I think he had thirteen tackles for the game. Defensive. He just killed going, it, and probably. and I think you said last week that we'd actually miss Guthrie, and I think you were right. We really missed Guthrie. I think Guthrie's we mean, honestly, especially did. when. Quinton Michael had such a quiet game. Yeah. For me, yep, Manigola came in. You can debate whether he had a he, good game, bad game. It wasn't for me, the worst. For finals footy, yeah, that is not a finals no. output. No, but there so, was a lot of that from our team. Exactly. So. Grant Myers, he was quiet as well. He's been exposed to the midfield. Atkins, to be fair, played really, really well. You could tell and, Atkins was and, trying his heart out, but he, he exactly. got caught a couple of yeah. times. But he, like... There was times where he would just get the ball yeah. and he'd be, you know, looking for options, looking for options. He was having an absolute crack. A but. lot of talk regarding Gaz's low output with 17 disposals. But at the same time, Joel Selwood, the, the midfield gun that we've been mm. accustomed to for over a decade, 18 disposals. Mm. Very yeah. quiet from Joel, which we were talking about maybe post by and Jakey was saying that because he has had around you know 18 to 22 disposals throughout most games this season, that his season really starts now because yeah. he hasn't been exposed to the ball as much and maybe he could just set fire in the centre. But it was Manigola in the centre at times. Yeah. And it was Quinton Arkell in the centre at times. It, it just the whole game it, wasn't what we were hoping. Yeah. And, you know, mentioning Selwood, there was that even just in the first quarter where... It was a one-on-one contest or a kick to a one-on-one Selwood v Pendlebury. And Selwood just had, you know, he was in position 1A for 90% of the marking contest. And then Pendlebury swoops in and takes a one-handed basketball catch. Yeah. And then just that, that was like Nathan Jones' goal of last year in that final. Yeah. Like just everyone saw that. The 100,000 people there saw that moment. Or the... Uh, Pendlebury outmarking Selwood. Or the Dustin yeah. Martin turning, on Stewart. turning yeah. Stewart. It just was like that lifts the whole crowd. Same as James Warple last year when Hawthorne beat us that when um, Selwood, Selwood and, yeah, just crashed and Warple were coming at it together and Warple won. It, was, it looked Big a bit moment. like, is this a changing of the guard in a sense mm. of that... The new and those the, those the moments one. only happen in winning teams. And like the yeah. the most recent one I can remember for Geelong for that was Tom Stewart's effort on Buddy Franklin mm-hmm. down the wing. Yeah. And in the same game, Motlop's tackle on Gay Rowan, mm. which mm. just sent me through the roof at the time. But we, <laughs> we didn't have a moment like that in our last few losses. And yeah. there's a, that's the reason. We don't have moments. Yeah. No. We have, yeah and we've these, got, mo- these moments. We've got the these, chances. But these, yeah. Look. The second Gary Rowan opportunity at the goal yeah. that could have been a moment, but it wasn't. Yeah, should. So, have been. and it's these mo- it's these moments that win finals. It's the moments that win matches, but particularly finals. Forty five seconds on the clock. Hawkins is able to have a snap on his left boot. Mm. It's behind. If that goes in, centre bounce. With about twenty seconds be, left, we could be talking a lot of what ifs here. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Um, our midfield, yeah. Although we won the contested ball, mm. individual players for me were down. And I think without Mogs Creek on the ground there, we really, really would have been showed up. So I'll leave the chocolates go to you this week in picking danger for the Cloud of Cat of the Week. Well, my player didn't even play, so I can't win it. I think you're... 
actually your player that is most influential for finals didn't play. Yeah, well, and he was Reece, influential, Reece so I was right uh, in uh, that Reece, regard. Reece Stanley, sorry. <laughs> Reece Stewart, the hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sav didn't get any aeroplane moments, but that's yet to be seen. We've mm. still got West Coast to come. Mm. Maybe one over McGovern. Yeah. That'd be nice. I think it didn't help at all, and we'll talk about West Coast this Friday. Uh, Tom Brady quarterback for Geelong, Mitch Duncan going down yeah. injured. With I still Guthrie haven't seen playing. the uh, the video from that incident, but apparently Dangerfield was tackling someone else, and whilst getting slung around in the tackle, his the back of his foot like Man, hit yeah. the side of his knee, like similar to what Stevie side J did, and contact. like sort of bent his knee and. Sideways, so he. Mm. I doubt he was going to get Medial. back anyway. Yeah, medial, I think. Medial. Yeah. Um, Buse obviously rolled his ankle. Dalhouse mm. Corky, I think. Yeah, and early in the game. Yeah, Gary Rowan. Buse before the game. Hamstring exploded. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Rowan in doubt for this week. Rowan Mitch Duncan doubt. ruled out. Do you think? Yeah. Guthrie, hopefully ready to play. Guthrie's available. So Guthrie for Mitch Duncan would be a simple swap on paper, yep. you'd think. Reese Stanley coming in would be a simple swap on paper, you'd think. For, now for who? For Gary Rowan. Gary Rowan, if his hammy doesn't... He's, he's not the ha- I he's don't not think right. the hammy will... No, he's not. He's not right. itself within a week. Yep. So are you, are you swinging to yep. e forward then? Or are you, I would... I would. Uh, I'm putting my putting my coach's hat on. I'm putting uh, Tui Ford to play as a defensive forward on McGovern. To be honest, because Ooh. too many teams just let McGovern roam free. Mm. It's ridiculous. You watch the Essendon final, and mm. halfway through the second quarter, everyone watching, stop kicking it into the fifty. Stop kicking it to McGovern. Stop. You're giving you you are giving it to West Coast. You are letting them. Play yeah, the way that, they want to play. That's the way they. McGovern's like just yeah. like he's got his he's, he's got his you know glasses on. He's got the hat with the little fan on top of it, yeah. sitting down on the beach chair. Yeah. Oh, there's another you know yeah, just, high long kick inside fifty. Let me yeah. just hang on. Let me just get up and you know mark this. <laughs> Put make him accountable. Yeah. There was a really good. Um, someone did it. Someone did it recently. They pl- they had a team had a player playing off of McGovern. And McGovern was cooked. And there was a particular shot where he had his arms out and he was like looking around like, what's going on? Didn't know what was happening. You can't just let McGovern, Barras, Shepard, all these players for West Coast that just drop back and take these intercept marks. And they do it so well. McGovern takes the intercept mark, look to the right. There'll be like a Liam Ryan or a Shepard out to the right. On, yeah, they'll be out in the right and there'll be two kicks. They'll be inside 50. Liam that Ryan takes kick. a screamer. And then a goal, and that's then how that, they, want a they, do, they do it every. That's how they want a premiership. Yep. They and play and clubs just feed it to them. Yeah. Port Adelaide yeah. was the only team that actually came in with a game plan specific to defeat West Coast in that dirty ball. ball. Yeah. We beat West Coast by like sixty points when they had a few players out, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was the same sort of tactic. And it was I think down. We, yeah, this was at Kenny Park. I think we just we just, we just played yeah. so much better than them, but we didn't yeah. have tactics in in regards to what Port did. No. Yeah. Yeah. Port, so, Port's Ken Hinckley is a very tactical coach, so I think he would have. Uh, we want to be. Yeah, so I think he would have come up with with that. Um, 
with that tactic, specific tactic, and yeah. it obviously worked. It worked so well. Just like he would have come up with the tactic against Geelong. Yeah. Um, and it worked. I'll well. actually turn the TV off. If I see like more than five high long kicks into the into West Coast into our fifty, like do your homework. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be some frustration. But um So you swing it so you yeah, I'd put I, ideally I'd put, Tui. Forward. I'd put Tui, yeah, because his his form in the Carlton game was good. I'll Where throw it back. Yeah. I'll throw it back at you then. We've yeah. we've talked about a, a consistency here and yeah. throwing blitz arms into the ruck yeah. and how that structurally yeah. messed up our game on yeah. the weekend. Tui being back yeah. when he's been forward yeah. for a few games. Hendo out of the team. Yes, we didn't need two tall players, mm. but. It's not the same players that have been playing together for a yeah. long period of time. Yep. So swing to E forward, Blitzarves comes back. There's another new defensive unit in yep. the sense that has to get its really yeah. 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 So obviously West Coast are a pretty balanced mix. So they've got their their darling, their Josh Kennedy. Um, but they're the, the main weapon, and then they've got Willie Rioli and Ryan, yeah. and Jamie so, Cripps just flies under the radar yeah, all the time. Uh, yeah. He's the one that's actually probably going to do something. He kicked four goals three last week and had twenty four touches. He, that's that's because, a crazy finals because, game. Yeah, he's he's, he's so the smart. one that we're not going to probably yeah. pay too much. Attention. So in my head, just how I'm thinking is so Tui goes forward. Sorry, Stanley comes in for yeah. Rowan. Yeah. Guthrie comes in for Duncan. Tui goes forward. Guthrie goes back in Tui's spot to take one of the smalls. You'd put Guthrie in defence, noting that Mitch Duncan's out. Yeah. Menegola comes into the midfield. Oh, that's a that's a huge step for Menegola based on his season. I, I, think, he's he, I think he's better coming out of the midfield, to be honest. Kicking inside 50. But simplifies the game for him a little bit. Yeah, that's that's been my opinion for a long time. I think he's such a good kick inside fifty. You do, you yeah. Do last year especially, he, yeah. Um, yeah. So Tui plays as a defensive. I mean, if if Rowan's fit, then you'd put Rowan in on McGovern. I think one of those two would have to take McGovern and make him accountable. I don't think Rowan will be no. Fit. So that's just how I'm seeing it in my head, and and that's radical, but at least it's radical tactically. It's not just radical. Oh, we'll just. Take Stanley out. It's it's not <laughs> totally out of the blue. No, right no, it's actually you. Like I've spent five minutes thinking about it. I'm sure they'll yeah. spend a lot, a lot more time thinking about it. And yeah. uh, and the, and you know you, you move one player, and then you know something else bobs up, and you got to yeah. plug that hole too. Yeah. So we're not, we're not thinking this all the way through, but just immediately, yeah. the the most important thing playing West Coast is to not kick it long inside fifty, and to watch and make McGovern especially McGovern. accountable. And then, you know, Stanley does his best against Nick Nat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ollie, any tinkers to Jake's chess pieces there? No, the, the I, I, just, I'm the more, I more or less agree with the with the majority of that. Um, a factor that might have an impact is just the fact that we're playing as, as the genuine home team or the genuine home state team yeah so we're going to have the crowd relative for the for the large portion on our side for this game um in finals the crowd has an impact i would think more so than than uh home and away games uh 
so obviously you'd be wanting to get as many Cats fans there as 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 possible. Any uh any updates from V Line this week? Do we? <laughs> I no, wouldn't I, think there'd be any extra, any extra trains again. <laughs> because, because, I, because obviously there's going to be less people at this game than there was last yeah. week. And but, I, um, I, I did say that the they were selling tickets off a bit cheaper than last week for similar spots, just probably because they'd want to fill the ground still up. Still going for 35. It'd be embarrassing if present. it was 35. This is that would be embarrassing. Wednesday evening. Um, yeah. Throw another devil, devil's advocate yeah. selection in there. He's been playing majority prior to finals footy the last month. And this is with Tui not having the greatest games down say. back, throwing Tui up forward, played against Carlton, against the likes of Jack Darling, mm-hmm. Josh Kennedy, two big forwards there, noting some other... Players that can take some big Oscar, marks. Oscar Allen and Waterman too is another tall. Option. Exactly. Yeah. So three there. Yep. Um, and that's Nick Nutt in the ruck. So Hickey if he pushes as well. forward, Hickey will play yeah. definitely. So the two ruckmen there, because you have to, because Nick Nutt only plays pure ruck. Yeah. And he only 50, plays like 50, 50, 60 percent of the match. Of the game. Yeah. So Hickey will play. So there's two ruckmen. You have got two, three key forwards along with the Mosquito fleet from West Coast, if you like. Lockie Henderson. Can he come in, insert Tui to Gay Rowan's position, yep. assuming his hammy isn't fit, and then a straight swap Guthrie for Duncan? Yeah. For I, I, don't think, back I don't think Hendo should have come out to start with. I thought he was very unlucky to come out because... He's he's been playing great footy in 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 my footy. in my I think head it was and just the small forwards from Collingwood. The is, argument is was the small forwards, but I don't th- I don't think Collard is that much quicker than than Hendo than Hendo or off the blocks and maybe like yeah. the small forwards. If it if it comes to ground like it was doing, they're going to kick goals anyway. And yeah. for me, Henderson was going to have much more chance of taking marks and have that he's little bit more experience. More experience. Yeah. yeah, I mm. I mean you know again we we're doing a lot of what ifs, but. I don't see Hendo knocking into Taylor and yeah. then the ball doesn't even get to Stevenson sitting alone in the goal square. So, yeah. again, lots of what-ifs, but his experience would have been vital. Again, coming up against a good midfield side. Yeah. The oh, likes of yeah. Gaff and Shuey and Dom Sheed. Shuey is a finals player. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he actually is. As well. He's yeah. an yeah. He steps up, yeah. but he steps up in... in Big games. He's mm-hmm. quite. He can be hit and miss throughout the year. To be yeah. absolutely honest. Yeah. But you know when the when the chips are down, he is a finals player. Yeah. And delivers in the big moments. So yeah. he's going to have an impact. So we're going to watch him for sure. Another one that I would have done. If I'm not sure how much this would have affected the result. What win if? loss? <laughs> yeah. What if hindsight's twenty twenty? But Menengola in for Stanley. Well, upcoming, Scott Selwood's been fit all season, mm. played a few games towards the end of the season, a few good games, didn't play Did a tagging role. No, I just... And that- we haven't had a tagging role all season against anyone. So for that reason, I don't think we'll tag Gaff or we'll don't, I don't think we'll tag anyone. But just another player to add some pressure acts in the midfield. Maybe that allows Guthrie, as you say to push back a little bit into the 
between center and yeah. half back and play that slingshot. Uh, yeah, what I what I call the quarterback. Yeah, well, what, he, what I call the Tom and he, Brady, and he's good at that. And a perfect example of that is that goal he kicked against Brisbane, where we actually found space, and he was just in the middle, kicked the goal. You know, he's using his strengths. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think he's good at, and he's you know a decent one-on-one player, decent. Mm. You know. Anything can happen with those West Coast small forwards. They can do damage very quickly. Yeah. So for me, I think, yep. Obviously, I think we're unanimous in saying I'm not going to even ask you all that Stanley's got, got to play in. this weekend. Yes. Um, yes. We'll <laughs> see what happens with Gary Rowan. Guthrie looks in so far with all mm-hmm. reports. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll see what happens down back with maybe Hendo. Where does Tui play? What happens up forward? Where the magnets go? We'll leave it to the selection table. A lot of what ifs. Yep. Um, but we've provided, we've presented a few different scenarios. Presented the case <laughs> that are uh, yep. that are possible, and you know, pleaded our case for each of each of them. Stanley Hendo in. Yes. So, <laughs> so we'll see how <laughs> it goes. That's mine. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Now, inserting a little segment that we haven't done previously. Was this called new Jack segment? The, yeah. New so segment to the- just to bring a bit of um, you know, a bit of humour to each podcast each week, we thought about what know, if I don't laugh? Well, you know, that's funny already. <laughs> um, cloud of cat fight. You cloud know, of cat fight. Each week, one of us will you know just bring something up that maybe we're not particularly happy with. You know, maybe we'll throw a bit of a Bit All of right. a bit of a sound effect in, okay, <laughs> to yeah. start the segment. Okay, um, you know we've discussed it already, but you know, but yeah. at the same time we're kind of winging this. So. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of a winging, but you know, just each week we'll, we'll try and bring something a bit funny and have a little bit of a, a rant. We've right. discussed it already, but Chris Scott, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> <laughs> just is a, uh, the is this, uh, so is this along the lines of a grinds my gears or yeah. an arrow, arrow type? So the uh, you know, if I can put the audio in of him saying, oh, you know, we mucked the weather up a bit and I'll probably live to regret that about Ray Stanley. That's just, oh, just everyone was a collective like, oh. Sighing. Yeah, that's just not. A little bit. It's not what we needed right now, Chris. So just a little, you know, tap on the back and a little mini cat fight. And I hope you really, you know, pull up this week and pull something out of somewhere and, and get us up and about. But. Cloud a cat fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just something uh, something different and, you know, it might not necessarily be football-related or sport-related, but, you know, I, someone made a really bad hot chocolate for me today as well, so that might be it sometimes. It like <laughs> marshmallows? I know marshmallows. That's the... Well, they were marshmallows, the but they weren't even melted. It was just like cold chocolate water. Wow, With just two so... marshmallows just sitting on top like, hey, how you going? Yeah, <laughs> just chilling. Just... Anyway, we won't, two- we won't give any shout outs to that cafe in Geelong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely none. But uh, yeah, we had we had Dangerfield come out as as well and say that uh, with that comment in regards to the midfield um, not lifting when it was uh, everyone was thinking it was the the ruck that was the issue. Dangerfield comes out and says it's the midfield, but he also made the comment on top of that that. Chris Scott backing up Chris Scott has has uh, led the team well this week, mm. um, and 
sometimes saying that uh, you know when we win, it's usually how well the the team's going or how well the players are going, and when we lose, it seems to fall on the coach. Yeah. So, so it's probably the one week that it does. It falls a little bit into what we were talking about maybe last week. Cat fight, straight back at you. Um, last week we were discussing. Yes. All right. In terms of Chris Scott and the coaching department as a whole. We know Brad Utton's influence in the ruck department along with others there. Yep, you've got Scarlo, you've got Matthew Knight in the midfield. A whole bunch. And most of them are former Cats players mm-hmm. in the assistant roles. Does this rest just on Chris Scott's shoulders? Or no. is this a coaching... Yeah, well, I'd love, I'd love to know who made... You know, I'm sure Chris Scott didn't just say... Hey guys, just, hey, hey, go on. Just letting you know that the, the, I'm taking Bree Stanley out for Minigola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think it I'm, it's not that it's decision. not that simple, but I'm There's sure he would have guys. a majority vote of, you know, how that happens. But he's he he'd been he'd be making the final call, of course. It's the buck yeah. stops with the head coach, but but and yeah. obviously we spoke before about Stanley said on the Thursday that he was told then. So there's obviously been some discussion about it happening pre. Which I don't know if that makes it better or worse. Probably worse that it was a preconceived idea that they weren't going into that game with the Ruckman against the best Ruckman. Yeah. Which for me makes it worse. Yeah. So I'm sure there was some discussion around it. It's a questionable tactic for sure. And it, it, yeah. it showed up on the night. It's a bold move, Carton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, dodgeball. <laughs> Glad a cat fight. All right. Jake's raised. This one's yeah. week. We'll see you next week. So you're you're out of it for next week. Yeah, I, I'll, so I'll leave it up you, to you next uh, week. You've vented your spleen, so yeah. it's going to be either one of the, Let's the, fight it the, out. the two of us. All right, who gets in first? For the next one. We'll see that upcoming West Coast this Friday. Who's going to be our Clouder Cat of the week upcoming? I put in Sav to mm. um, fly some jets last weekend. To be the best Fijian on the ground. I'm going to back him in. Yeah. I'm going to back him in. But in order to do so, it needs some assistance. So that needs Hawkins to provide some, even if he's not grabbing the mark inside 50, maybe lead up the ground. We know he's a fantastic (laughs) field kicker with, I think, I'm going to say Tom Brady for the fourth time this podcast (laughs) this, this week. Mitch Duncan, without our quarterback, mm. we need all the most effective efficiency inside 50 that we can against the likes of McGovern. Barras, for me, is one that I think we can... Exploit. Exploit. He's been jumpy lately. Which is tough to get him on his own, though. Yeah. But when they have you know, the likes of Hearn... McGovern, Shepherd, Shepherd, who, yeah, formidable defence. Last year it was West Coast and Geelong, two best defences in competition. Mm. Um, it hasn't changed too much since. We know West Coast's style of play in terms of they like to play. When they do take a mark, whether it be Shannon Hearn or McGovern, a bit slower, hand pass it, kick it. Around the back, they once ge- it gets they to the gener- midfield, they generally it goes play, fast. They generally play a similar way to Geelong. Yep. Um, yep. In in terms of their ball movement yep. uh, out of the back half, mm. um, and yeah, and we 
we know that Geelong um, will very much be reliant upon their efficiency inside 50, as is always the case. We've made the argument in previous episodes that they play a similar sort of game to the Italian national team in soccer, who are very defensive and very rigid in their game plan, but very clinical in their finishing. And ideally, that is the way that Geelong plays. That's the way they were playing for the first half of the year. That's the way the game plan for Chris Scott seems to work. Um, All we can do, I guess, is do our best, see how it goes, try and make it work in this one-off game. Um, My potential cloud cat of the week for this week will be Gary Ablett Jr. Ooh, ooh, I thought you were going to stick with I thought you were going to go with Danger again, Mogs Creek. Yeah. Look, Danger was amazing. He's going to be amazing for this game again. He is our talisman, the Superman for this final series. He's that hungry for for a premiership he's going to be doing it he's going to be doing everything that he can to to uh, lead the team to glory um, but I just feel as if Ablett would be very very disappointed with his performance against Collingwood so he would want to come back we're calling stats here disposals goals goal assists or He'll have a finals moment. He'll have one of these moments. I like it. A finals moment. I reckon he'll have one of these moments where we just... Yeah, we remember how good he is. Potentially his last game ever. Potentially his last game. Um, So he's going to want to play well. He's going to want to play hard. He's going to want to impact the contest somehow. Um, All he needs is a moment. He just needs composure as well. He didn't have the composure in a big game, which is odd for him because he's used to playing big games. He had the opportunity to. But there was just a little bit... He just uh, was a little bit off off the pace and um, a little bit flat. And he wasn't alone, but by his standards... Our captain wasn't wasn't on the pace. But by by Abbott's standards, he had a, a, frankly, shocking game. So he would want to be lifting for this important game that is a knockout game this year. It could be our last game for the year. So he's going to be someone that wants to deliver. Motivation to get up on the train, drive up. Gary Ablett Jr.'s potential last game in AFL football. Get up and go support the Cats. Jake, who's going to be your upcoming Cloud of Cat of the Week? It'll provide something special for Geelong on Friday night. Tom Hawkins. Ooh. Big call. <laughs> He's had just just the worst three weeks you could imagine. This conjecture about Very him, stinky. Him conjecture about him being in the all Australian team and right now it's pretty justified that he shouldn't have been in here based on current form. But he'll he'll uh he'll pick up some slack this week with uh 
three goals, I reckon. If we're going to win, he'll have an impact. He needs to have three goals if we're any chance. And like three goals, three goal assists, and to clunk a few. Right. Okay. He needs two. Tom, start getting the rump steak into you now. Yeah, Gaz, start getting the paleo meals into you now. <laughs> Let's do this. Yep, Tui, start getting... No, don't. Spuds? Yeah. <laughs> Potatoes? Guinness? No, I was going to say Guinness, but no. <laughs> not for, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, danger, catch as many fish as you can. Yeah. Just... Um, Let's see how we go. Go on, take pre-workout whenever you want. Go <laughs> Just, yeah. Yes. He's wisely. Yes. <laughs> on that note, we'll see if we're talking continued finals footy next week or if we're recapping That's Geelong amazing. 2019. Till then, <laughs> here it is. This Friday, West Coast, up at the G. Get there for potentially Gary Ablett Jr.'s last ever game in AFL. If that's not motivation to get there, I don't know what is. Let's do it. Signing off. KC, go Cats. Go Cats. Let's go.